Travis Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphin, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! What is up, Dolphins? Welcome into the Friday, June the 15th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, the offseason is officially a wrap as the Dolphins have escaped minicamp with no major hiccups. We'll get you caught up on Adam Gase's final media availability up until late July and a barrage of touchdown passes from camp today from Ryan Tannehill. And which newcomer are the Dolphins totally blown away by? Plus, the Twitter mailbag returns and the Dolphins World Cup tournament. But first... I need you guys to go ahead and do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review once you are there. Give me a follow on Twitter, the best follow on Dolphins Twitter, at NFL, and follow the show at LockedOnFins. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com. All of these press conferences, all of the stories, all of the analysis, everything you guys want to know is up on LockedOnDolphins.com. And of course, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast for your NBA offseason news and Locked On NFL podcast for your national coverage of your favorite teams. And we're going to have Henry Hodgson back on the podcast. He is with NFL Media, the NFL.com page manager, as well as overseas VP of fan engagement. So check that out on Monday. But we have plenty to get to for today's podcast. Let's go ahead and kick that stuff off right now. That's another Miami Dolphins so the connection of camp seems to be building, or it's it's over now, so it already has been built, but the connection between Ryan Tannehill and Danny Amendola has been the big one. They had some more touchdown passes in today's camp. It was a 30-yard completion for a score from Tannehill to Amendola, and the offseason ended with a touchdown pass from Ryan Tannehill once again to Devontae Parker, so a positive note as the offense hit an upswing as camp wrapped up this week as the players now break for the next six, seven weeks until training camp starts. And other news, it's starting to really sound like David Fales is grabbing himself a stranglehold on the backup quarterback job. Brock Osweiler not up to snuff. Bryce Petty never really was much of an option there. And David Fells continues to get glowing reviews from Adam Gaze. It sounds like him and Jakeem Grant have had a really good connection this offseason camp and they are sparkling at OTAs and real quick we're going to touch back on the subject of Jarvis Landry only because it pertains to a point that I've read or or heard about with regards to Ryan Tannehill's leadership and the Dolphins locker room and talking about the context of how Jarvis Landry stated that comment on NFL Network on Wednesday discussing Ryan Tannehill's relationship with the receiver now former Dolphins receiver and they talked to him about his comment about the Browns having the best wide receiver core in the NFL which is lol that's pretty funny uh, not even close to the case, but he talked about that, and the the host of the show was kind of jabbing him, saying, have any of the other receivers reached out to you to, to talk to you about that? And he said no, jokingly, and then they talked about the Ryan Tannehill comment in regards to Tyrod Taylor being the best quarterback he's ever played with, and they asked him if Tannehill had reached out to him, and he said no. I, I don't understand why Tannehill would reach out to Jarvis Landry when he dogged him like that. It makes no sense to me. It just sounds like Landry making up more excuses, making up more lies, and going against factual, visual evidence that we have in regards to them hanging out offside, outside of the field of play, as well as organizing team meetups. As the Dolphins have mentioned with A.J. Derby, other players saying that Tannehill once again, like he did the previous years, setting up off-season throwing programs with the other guys, getting to know them. And some more stuff about Ryan Tannehill's leadership and the type of player that he is in regards to 
organizing this stuff in the offseason as well as being a guy that the players can really gravitate to and gravitate towards to lean on him for a leader. And one of the most telling ones was TJ McDonald, the Dolphins' safety, talking about how Ryan Tannehill's leadership was the thing they missed most out of him last year. I heard a cool story about how Tannehill moves around the lunchroom throughout the course of the offseason. He'll pick different spots every day to sit with to sit and eat his lunch, to talk to different guys in the team, offense, defense, special teams, whatever it is, just trying to develop relationships with everyone across the team. So he is in it for the long haul. He's in it to try to make this team his team, as they have done all offseason. And the biggest one that I love was him bringing the team back onto the field after an unsuccessful situation in camp. I've told you guys a story already, but it's so cool. He brought him back onto the field in a game-winning, quote-unquote, game-winning situation, a game-winning drive, and he led them down the field for a touchdown and a two-point conversion on that drive to give him the win, quote-unquote, again, for the practice. So, Ryan Tannehill moving in the right direction. Some blurbs from Adam Gaze's final press availability. We will not have to go through these anymore up until July, late July, early August. Adam Gaze said that they made fewer mental mistakes now than at the end of camp than they did in the beginning. So he's encouraged by the progress there. The team is growing, getting things better. That's what this stuff is for. That's what this time of year is for. Said they're playing at a high tempo, playing very fast. We all know about that. Said that Mike Gusecki crushed Wednesday's practice. So I guess maybe trying to do a little bit of damage control in terms of the media perception there. Maybe he did just play pretty well. Who knows? Either way, Mike Gusecki trending upwards towards the end of camp. And Ryan Tannehill spent a lot of time working on his pocket movement. That was a point of emphasis this offseason. And then he made one note that just really kind of blew me away. And it makes sense that he would say this because I heard about it on a fellow podcast show. He compared Robert Quinn to Von Miller and the way he can bend the edge. And Daniel Jeremiah of the Move the Sticks podcast, if you guys don't listen to that one, you definitely should. A phenomenal podcast. He said that from what he's heard since Robert Quinn got to Miami, people inside the building that he knows have told him that Robert Quinn has just blown them away. And he is going to really find a bit of fountain of youth, so to speak, in the Dolphins' defense, going back to the wide nine, going back to a scheme that fits him, coming over from Wade Phillips' 3-4, where it didn't really work out for him there. So, big comments on Robert Quinn. Sounds like they're going to have a pretty solid defensive end rotation. It might be Wake and Quinn to start, Charles Harris and Andre Branch in the mix there, as well as William Hayes. So, a very deep group, very talented group. And the last comment that Daniel Jeremiah made on that Move the Sticks podcast, got quite a bit of Dolphins run on it the other day, was talking about Vance Joseph and Matt Burke and how Vance Joseph was pretty much a one and done out the door to be a head coach. And he feels like Matt Burke will be the same thing, a head coach soon to be in this league. So very interesting stuff from him there. OTAs are finished. We are done with it. We're going to start having a little bit more fun, a little bit more, I guess, segments or bits on the podcast here to, to fill out the summer to get you guys through for the next six, seven weeks as we look up, look forward to training camp. We'll be breaking down all kinds of stuff, including the upcoming opponents for the Dolphins this season. I'll be finishing up the Ryan Tannehill charting project and doing a cumulative project on that for 2016. All kinds of analysis on the offense and defense, including Kevin Dern's season preview of the defense should be phenomenal coming in there. So tons of stuff still to come this summer on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. It's at Wingfield NFL, at Lockdown Fins. We have the World Cup of Dolphins coming up next here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. So we're getting into the summer months here where football is completely dead. And if you're a sports fan of other teams, you're just trying to let those sports get you through until football. And for me, my favorite sports outside of football are baseball and soccer. And as as far as excitement for games goes, I don't get much more excited than I do for USA World Cup games. I love the every four-year format that they have. Those games are always so much fun, so exciting down to the end, playing for your country. It's just such a good time. And I love, 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 love the game of soccer too. But without them being in it this year, it's such a heartbreaker 
Could have been a perfect summer as the Seattle Mariners, as I record this podcast, are 44 and 24, 20 games over 500. Haven't been that good since 2001. So a very fun year for Mariners fans. Unfortunately, soccer does not get us into the same mold. I'll watch the games, but I definitely won't have the exact same excitement as I do when the United States is playing. But as for that, I started a poll on Twitter on Thursday, as you guys hear this podcast on Friday, and it depends on when you listen to this podcast, but you might still have a chance to go ahead and vote in the first round of the World Cup of Dolphins. I separated it into eight groups of four, just like the World Cup, separating by position, and we're going to advance the top two guys from each group into the next round into the knockout stage, and we'll go ahead and just do that and try to find the ultimate new fan favorite of the Miami Dolphins. So in the defensive backs group, Group A, it is Rashad Jones, Mika Fitzpatrick, Xavier Howard, and Bobby McCain. Group B is the linebackers, and this one is pretty rough and pretty bleak, but obviously you're going to have someone advancing from it, or two people advancing from it. Raekwon McMillan, Kiko Alonso, Jerome Baker, and Quentin Poling. The defensive line group, Group C, is Cameron Wake, Robert Quinn, Charles Harris, and Devon Godshaw. Godshaw sneaks in there on the back end with a good qualifying round. And the offensive line is Group D. That is Josh Sitton, Laramie Tunzel, Jesse Davis, and Jawan James rounding out the group there. The wide receiver group, Group E, is Kenny Stills, Jakeem Grant, Danny Amendola, and Albert Wilson. The backfield group, I lumped the quarterbacks with the running backs, Ryan Tannehill, Kenyon Drake, Frank Gore, and Kalen Balage. And then the tight end group is Group G. That is Mike Gusecki, Durham Smythe, Marquise Gray, and A.J. Derby. And then I did a miscellaneous group with Devontae Parker, William Hayes, Dan Kilgore, and Stephon Anthony. I didn't put in... Jordan Phillips in there. Or no, I did put Jordan Phillips in there. I kicked Stefan Anthony out. I got some flack for that. So Stefan Anthony and Cordray Tankersley, the two last guys not to get into the competition there. But you guys can vote for that on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow me there and find those polls. They're all up there right now. And I would be surprised if Cam Wake doesn't come out of this thing as a champion because he is blowing away the defensive line competition. And that's one of the deeper groups right now in the competition. So I thought he would do well, but I Given what we talked about yesterday with the press conference and seeing just how professional he is and how amazing and undeserving of him that we all really are, just as Dolphins fans, I know we we deserve more than we've gotten in terms of wins and losses over the last several years, but Cameron Wake, the absolute treasure that he is, he's my pick to win it all. But then again, I could see Ryan Tannehill sneaking in there and stealing the title because of the the good supporting fan base that he has for himself. Despite all the naysayers, he does have a good supporting and he's liked by most Dolphins fans. There's just a couple of bad apples, the vocal minority that really speak up about how much they despise Ryan Tannehill for whatever reason. So World Cup of Dolphins, we have the World Cup kicking off today on Thursday as I record this podcast. Tons of games coming up over the weekend to get you guys through this summer up until football season. We are about 50 days or so away from training camp opening up. So soccer and baseball and I guess you NBA and NHL fans the offseason of that going to have to get you guys through. So go ahead and vote for that right now. Tell me who your dark horse is. Tell me who your pick to win. Go ahead and vote. Give me all the information you guys want to tell me about who the new fan favorite for the 2018 Miami Dolphins is. We'll go ahead and run the results for that on the next couple of episodes, get you guys up to speed on that, and we'll talk about it when we get a champion and kind of have an episode for that guy. So we'll do that next. We have more Twitter mailbag to get to because I couldn't get to all your guys' questions yesterday. We'll do that here next on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Winkfield NFL at Locked On Fins. Finishing up the week in the Locked On Dolphins podcast, this is the Friday, June the 15th episode. We have the Twitter mailbag to get back into because I recorded the podcast early yesterday 
as I had softball to get to in the evening, and we suffered our first loss of the year. We were down some guys, and we just couldn't hit in the first game. And the other team took advantage of some wind-aided home run balls in the first couple of innings. It was a very windy night until it wasn't, and it cost us. We couldn't get back into the game, and we lost. So we're down our first game of the year, but we came back in the second game and won it. So we are now sitting at 7-1 and one on the season. Hopefully the second half brings us as much fruitfulness as that first one did. But you guys aren't here to hear me talk about softball. Let's get back into that Twitter mailbag that I couldn't get to yesterday. And I know there was somebody that retweeted a question to me, and I can't find it. I, if you can tell me who you are, and you can find it on Twitter and send it back to me, I'll answer it again next week on the mailbag. But I just I can't find it right now. I've got a lot of stuff on the Twitter mentions. that I, I just can't get there, man. I can't find it. I'm using the thread to, to go ahead and answer the questions that came through. So I'll do it that way. That's the best way to answer the questions or to get your question answered on the air is to reply to the thread. Don't retweet it because I probably won't see it. So first question comes from Death Magnet 1C. That's at Death Magnet 1C. How will Raekwon impact our scheme, and what do we expect from Godshaw? I'll go ahead and answer the first one first. Raekwon impacting our scheme. I I don't know that he would necessarily impact the scheme. He does a lot of stuff he, in terms of being able to move both sides. He can defend, you know, sideline to sideline, that type of thing. He can help you in coverage. He can help you against the pass and the run. But as far as the scheme goes, I don't think he really dictates a whole lot. As far as the linebacker, it's going to have more to do with the defensive backs. So I think that he's just going to come in there and be a solidified rock in the middle as far as tackling and, and getting guys in the right spot will be. What do we expect from Godshaw? I, I, I expect a second-year jump, but it doesn't always happen that way. He plays such a good low pad level and plays so aggressive out of the snap that I think he can have some success in this defense because we've heard about Chris Kosarek and how he just plays with his hair on fire or coaches with his hair on fire and expects his players to do the exact same thing. So I think he'll have more production against the run. He's not much of a pass rusher, but he's there, and he, he does a good job of eating up double teams and, and filling his role there. Next question comes from Jason Palombo. He is at jbobo 4 do you think Jakeem Grant will become a regular contributor for the Finns this year? I envision him being able to make freakish plays similar to Kansas City's Tyreek Hill. I'm glad you opened that Pandora's box there because I, I'm starting to really fall in love with Jakeem Grant as far as what he can do as a route runner, as far as what he can do with his speed after the catch. He just kind of has it all. And you watch the tape, and even if it's the preseason games against Minnesota where he just made them look silly, you go back to the regular season against the Chiefs and the Patriots had some big plays in those games as well. I think he is going to be a regular contributor. They talked about, Akeem Spence talked about the hockey rotation on the defensive line. You could have something similar with receivers going into the year because I can't sort this this receiving group one through five at all. So if you guys can, please let me know. I can't do it. I, I think there's going to be a very good mix and they're not going to get back into 11 personnel over and over and over again and run the same three guys over and over and over again. So I think that between, between Wilson... Jakeem Grant, Danny Amendola, Devontae Parker, you're going to have a healthy mix in there. I still think Kenny Stills plays the majority of the snaps, but everyone else is going to be a good, healthy mix. And I do think Jakeem Grant has a chance to be a very, very good player. And you mentioned the big plays. We've already seen it, man. We've already seen him make the big plays. So no reason to expect that to change going into year number four for him, or year number three for him, excuse me. Next question comes from DH Vegas Reb. That's at running Reb D hum, Hummel. Let's see, what's your name? Humes, H-U-M-E-S. The schism between Dolphins fans that are positive and those that are negative seems overwhelming to me. <laughs> Is it like this with every fan base or are Dolphins fans worse in that regard? My experience with other fan bases goes only as far as a couple of team message boards like the New York Jets back in the days, the New England Patriots, and they were all harmonious because I was on those message boards when they were winning. I was on the Chargers one for a while as well, and they were pretty easygoing. That's probably more of a San Diego thing than anything else, but... 
I've also had some experience with guys on Reddit and I've always come in there as an outsider. Like I had my quarterback website, thirdand10.com, where I watched every snap, graded the quarterbacks, did these long write-ups and videos and gifs, just like I do with the Dolphins, but I did it with the quarterbacks. And I posted my findings last summer in these teams, these team specific Reddit boards. There are, you know, our Cincinnati Bengals, our New York Giants, whatever it was. And they attacked me with vitriol when I didn't like their player. And if I was nice about it, their player, then they liked me. So I, for the most part, I didn't see a lot of animosity towards each other. I think Dolphins fans, it's probably the teams that lose a lot like this, that have a lot of losing seasons or non-playoff seasons coming over and over again that are like that, because I don't think it's the case for every team. So I think Dolphins fans are a little bit worse in that regard. And that is the last one. So that should wrap up the podcast for today. Again, please check out Monday's podcast. It's going to have Henry Hodgson of NFL Media and the final bluechew.com read that I know you guys love so much. As for today's podcast, that will do it. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review once you are there. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Give me a follow on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Follow our flagship show at Locked On NFL, both on Twitter and Facebook. Check out the number one rated blog in the Locked On Network, LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a terrific rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you again on Monday with Henry Hodgson for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.